Hello ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome to another episode of Second Take Cinema coming at you from the glorious Impala Films headquarters in sunny Southend-on-Sea. As always, I am your host, Jamie Evans, and I am joined, as always, by Mr. Rory Jocelyn. Hello everyone! Ladies and gentlemen, today we are going all the way to B-movie town. Like this is, we're not even pretending to be a big budget film at this point. We are going all the way to B-movie town. To a film I first saw when I was about 16 or 17 years old. Ladies and gentlemen, today we're giving a second take to Zombie Strippers. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, words I have waited for a long time to say. Finally, on a podcast, we're talking about Zombie Strippers, which is one of the greatest titles for a B-movie in human history. Um, I mean, it's good for a B-movie because... it this has what this, it says on the tin. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't lie to you. In this, you've got honeys. Uh, they bumble around. There's plenty of bees in this B-movie. I meant... Oh, never mind. Anyway, this is a film from 2008. It is directed by Jay Lee, who unfortunately I don't know if he went on I to do anything I think it's Jay-Z's brother, in it? I hate you. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> This is directed by Jay Lee. It stars genre icon Robert Englund, who you may know as Freddy Krueger in the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, along with Jenna Jameson, who you may know from a whole different kind of movie, uh, Roxy Saint, Penny Drake, and Jennifer Holland, who uh, you may know now as the real life... No. Who you may now know as the real life wife of Mr. James Gunn. And she's in a whole bunch of those DC movies. Is she? Who did she play? Um, I don't know her character's name. Okay, <laughs> she is James Gunn's wife. She, in, she, in I know that universe. she's in. I know she's in his Suicide Squad. She's in Peacemaker, and I think she's in Black Adam as well. Right. Um, I am going to quickly look up her character's name. Uh, Amelia Harcourt. She plays. Right. So, as you can imagine, this film uh, critically. Did not get the best reception. It's, is it not on the same level as 2001 A Space Odyssey, Jamie? I haven't seen 2001 A Space Odyssey, but do you know what? It's not I, that similar, I'll be honest. I, I reckon this is probably a more fun movie. Because uh, I've always heard 2001 is quite a heavy movie. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a pretentious, thought-provoking piece for two and a half hours. Yeah. So it, if you're after quick-fire, cheesy entertainment, this mm. definitely... Does take is the it, crown from 2001. Is it, uh, is it earned potential? Because here's the thing. We're actually going to do a film. I think it is earned, but obviously okay. you'll make your own decision when you see the film. Because we're, we're actually going to do a film 
at some point on STC called Perfect. I'm going to make myself watch it again. It is one of, if not the worst movie I have ever seen in my entire life. I possibly hate it more than I hate Apocalypse Now. Right. And the thing I hate about it is it it thinks it's smart, and it's really not. It's just dull. Right. Really fucking dull. It's just people dull. staring into space. Yeah, and oh, I, I hate, hate I hate unearned pretension. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, you want to talk a little bit of pretension? There's a little bit of pretension with zombie strippers. The director... I mean, really? Well, there is. So the director and writer, which is the same guy, has always claimed that this film is loosely based on the uh, French Theatre of the Absurd play Rhinoceros by Eugene Ionesco. Now, I've, I've done Rhinoceros before. I actually really like Rhinoceros, the play. Um, I've read it. I did monologues for it at A-level. Uh, that is a play in which it's set in a French village and one day one of the villagers wakes up and there are rhinoceros. And the other villagers are all like, hey, that's cool, that's that's cool. And one by one, they all become feeling rhinoceros. quite horny. Seriously, stop it. Oh. <laughs> one by one, they all become rhinoceroses too. Except the main character, Barange, who does all these eloquent speeches about why individualism matters and things like that before ultimately realising being an individual is lonely, and he, uh, what's it called? He, he suddenly decides he wants to Yeah, he wants to, join, wants to join the group. Yeah, the but it's group. too late. They move on. They, they travel away as a herd and leave him alone in this town. Right. Um, and he literally has this, I, I did his ending monologue at A-level, where he's like breaking down. He's like, no, please, please take me with you. Um, Sorry, did you say his name was Borange? Borange. Which is basically in English would be Borange. Yeah, but <laughs> that is why one of the strippers in this is named Borange. Right. Um, you know, the one who... I wasn't cost- listening to their names, I'll be honest. <laughs> the very pretty one, played by Jeanette Souza, who I've not seen in anything else. Mm. Uh, but the, the pretty one who was... Wish, who was like, never call me an optimist. Yeah. That one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that one, yeah. Uh, <laughs> stop making it creepy. Oh. It's already a film about strippers. You don't need to make it any. Tell creepy. me more about Borge. Um <laughs> And and there are several allusions to the play in this, including I mean, the fact you say allusions that makes it sound like they're subtle. There well, are they're subtle gone. <laughs> so, um, for starters, the the strip club is called Rhinoceros. Mm. Robert England's character is called Ian Esco, mm. as in Eugene Ian Esco. Um, and there are there are speeches that I'm pretty sure are paraphrased, paraphrased straight from the yeah, book. Yeah, because they don't fit in with the rest of the dialogue. There's like all of a sudden a character will suddenly like start wax spa- lyrical yeah. about fatalism and things yeah, like that. Yeah, but not in the same language as the rest of the film. Not in a way that actually suits their character. Yeah, which I think is meant to be the joke. Yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm not sure entirely works. I think that's that's a, that's funny if you're the writer and you know that's the source. Yeah. But I think most people watch. Watching it would just be like, what the fuck's going on yeah. now? Um, the film received mixed reviews from critics, is how Wikipedia phrases it. On Rotten Tomatoes, it does have 39%, which I thought would be lower. Um, and that's higher than a lot of VGMP is that cr- movies. Is that critics? 
39% or is that audience? It doesn't say. <laughs> it's just, is that the mix of reviews? Maybe. Um, the, the site's consensus states, though intentionally campy, Zombie Strippers suffers from poor execution and never rises above its silly premise. Mm-hmm. It has been criticised for having uh, poor production value and poor execution, whilst recognising its intentionally camp style and its attempt at satire. I will say, let, I just want to take one thing there before you move on with it. Uh, yes, it does look really tacky, low budget, but it is very clearly very low budget. So there, they, sh- yeah, we'll get to specifics when we get into it. But actually, I think saying that it looks low budget when you know it's low budget seems kind of mean. Yeah, yeah. mean spirited. Oh, it's not pot. It's not. It had, doesn't have enough money behind it to be yeah. worth my time. And there are people who feel that way. There are, I know. And lastly, Ebert and Roper, who I cannot believe even know this film exists, <laughs> stated, it looks terrible, doesn't work as camp, and it doesn't work as low-budget crap either. Mm. Um, so I first saw this film when I was about 17. Because this was your recommendation, not mine. I hasten to add. Yes, you, I don't think you'd ever even heard of this film. Uh, I assumed a film like this existed, though I'll be honest, if, if anyone went, have you ever seen Zombie Strippers? I would have assumed it's literally just porn. And no. I bet there is. I bet there's a porn now. No, it's probably like Zombie that. Strippers with a Z. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I got this. Funnily enough, I bought this on DVD in Tesco. Tesco? Yeah, yeah. This came out on DVD in Tesco in Mansfield. I mean, in Mansfield. Like, like not, be, not in a funny case where it was hidden from people either. <laughs> I mean, it was full on on the new releases DVD shelf, just there. Well, right? I've got your DVD here. Uh, with the tagline, they'll swallow your soul, anything else will cost you. Which is, of course, a reference to. Uh, Do you know what film it's a reference to? 2001 A Space Odyssey. No, go on. You know this. We've seen it. I'll swallow your soul, I'll swallow your soul. Swallow this. Evil Dead 2. Oh, I don't remember a lot of Evil Dead 2, I'll be honest. (gasps) It's not that memorable. The paint, the paint. Okay, you actually do need to take that back. No, I I take it back. I don't want to really upset you. Um, So I I bought this for two reasons. One, I'm a big fan of Robert Englund's work Mm. uh, because I love Nightmare on Elm Street. They've even put his gurneying smile on the box. Yeah, yeah, of course you do. And two... Because I was a 17-year-old boy, and it has Jenna Jameson on the front Hang cover. on. I, 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 I know it's Mansfield, but there are still laws. I'm looking at your DVD. It's rated 18. 18. Yep. You were 17. Yep, I was with my mum, and she bought it for me. Because <laughs> sometimes my parents are good parents. I, I mean, good parents is a questionable. Uh, but, <laughs> but certainly, hooray for you, I suppose. Yeah. Having said that, my parents bought me Mortal Kombat, which was rated as a 15 on the Amiga when I was like eight. So, but slightly different, but then still age rated. I think I got away with it because she didn't know who Jenna Jameson was, I think. I mean, zombie strippers, though. Like, it's not as if the box hides itself. It's not like this is Schindler's List. Oh, actually, strippers. But my parents don't take media seriously. That's fair play. They they let us play Resident Evil 3 when we were kids, purely because even though it said 18 on the box or 15 or whatever it's rated, my dad was like, yeah, but it's a video game. Video games are for children. Therefore, this age rating is bullshit. 
Um, and it's Someone just messed up at the BPFs. And it's just liberal left wing hoo ha's oh, who are them. who are being like, yeah, da, da. so he was like, here, play it. And then he walked in on us playing it at the part where Nemesis puts a tentacle through Brad's face, and he was like, fucking hell, Andrea, there's no wonder these kids are having nightmares. <laughs> he bought it, knowing yeah. the age rating. But, but that's because he didn't think they made games for adults. But the age rating was there to tell yeah, that. Yeah, but that's again, that's liberal Yahoo's in his mind. But it wasn't because he walked in and he was the reason that they put the rage rating on the box. <laughs> so, <laughs> what a numpty. I know it's your dad, but a prat. Anyway, <laughs> so this film, I wanted to redo this film for two reasons. One, I haven't seen it for a long, long time. And, and two, you wanted to get away from the, you know, the schlock of VGMP to watch high art. This is better than anything we've done on VGMP. It's not better than anything. Not anything, not anything. To be Silent fair, Hill is better than this. Fatal Frame is mm, better than this. Actually, no. Do I prefer this to Silent Hill? Oh, don't See, be that guy. The, the thing is, Zombie Strippers, and there's a few films that are like this, I don't grade them on the same curve that I would grade every other movie. There's a select few films where I'm like... They're so this bad, is, they're good. This is separate from real movies. Which I, that sounds awful saying Things it that like way. Things like Street Fighter. But, well, I've never seen Street Fighter. Well, you will. But I enjoy it very much. I don't... I mean, I really enjoy Silent Hill, but I also don't enjoy Silent Hill because it's quite a heavy film, in a way. So I you, mean, it's you mean ch- something easy to consume without much... You don't have to think about it. Yeah. Something like, um, for me, Ace Ventura is kind yeah. of that. It's easy to get into. I don't have to think about it. It's just yeah. fun. Um, um, let's let's start by talking about the political humour in this movie. Yeah, because it, it Which dates it very badly. Yes, even opens up with a god-awful CGI intro. Which looks oh, yeah, I worse, don't know. Looks worse uh, than would you even I've call that CGI? Movie. It looks more like Microsoft Paint. Well, basically, yeah, they've, they've stitched this. I thought it was a Flash animation. <laughs> What does it make sense? It's meant to be a news report. It doesn't have a person. It's got a voiceover, but you don't see a human on it. So they've just like stuck loads of wacky logos everywhere, which yeah. looks terrible. And then in the middle, there's like a frame, like a, a square box in the middle for the actual like still video. images or videos sometimes, most of the time still images of the stuff they're talking about. But they never actually match up the images and stuff they've picked to the frame. Sometimes they come out of the frame. Sometimes they don't fill the frame. Sometimes they film the frame differently to the last picture and yeah. the one following They're, they're it. in different aspect ratios. Oh, it's stupid. They, like, cl- they clearly went on Google. They, what like, they should have done is done the whole background. If they were going to do it, the whole background is one plate. And then in a second, like just leave the bit in the middle with nothing animating. Then stick that back in. Do a, cu- a cookie cutter cutout in the centre bit and then put all of the stuff that you want to animate behind the hole. Yeah. And then they will show through the hole. You can expand it and shrink it and it won't go outside the frame. You can fill your frame. Done. Easy job. Yeah. Bang. Um, I do appreciate the fact that this is a future, a hypothetical future in which George W. Bush declared himself president for life mm. and appointed Jenna Bush as the chief justice. Yes. Um who, who uh, declares a supreme kegger to celebrate George W. Bush. The, um, the, the constant references to W. Bush at the beginning, they don't, cons- they don't persist throughout. It's mm. basically until we get to the strip club and then it's like, W. Bush who? Uh, but yeah. Which, which, th- that doesn't go anywhere. Like the, the, no. The, it doesn't go to the end where it's like, oh, and that's why they're referencing W. Yeah, Bush. no, that was clearly... And remember when this came out, like 2008? So 
it was the last year of the Bush presidency they would have been filming this in. Yeah. And by the time it came out, Obama had turned up. Yeah. So it was already out of date when it came out. What's hilarious now is back then, they were like, what's the most dystopian future we can think of? George Bush as president for life. Little did they know <laughs> that not too, not about what, eight years later, fucking Donald J. Trump would be the president of America. And now George W. Bush doesn't seem like such a bad option, <laughs> comparatively. No, it's, it's very weird. Um, it's... Also, bird flu. Bird flu was done by this point. Oh, like, yeah. That's a really outdated Might as well have called it foot and mouth. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't they predict the future and call it COVID-19? I mean, you can kind of get away with someone's surname being Bird Flu, the way they spell it. I don't know how you get away with someone's surname being COVID-19. Well, no, his name is, his name is, his last name is Vid. He's a corporal, so he's COVID. And then 19 is his rank number. He's like his, his military number. Right. So he's COVID-19. Bam. Solved it for you. There you go. Anyway, th- th- so there's the whole, let's, let's break this film into chunks and st- talk about what I like to think of as the prologue which is all the stuff in the science lab thing that yes. clearly is not a real science lab. It's clearly so, like a school, school yeah. during the school holidays that they were allowed to go in and film in a couple of rooms. Uh, basically, in this film, the zombie virus is negatively affected by the Y chromosome. So when it passes yeah. from woman to woman, it stays more pure. They don't degrade as fast yeah. and they keep their intelligence. Yes, whereas men just become stereotypical zombies. Yes, and if a man bites a woman, they become stereotypical yeah. zombies the, as well. The thing that doesn't work from this narrative point is at the beginning it stated that the reason that the virus exists is that it was designed to um, basically boost soldiers into being super soldiers. Uh, the problem is, is because it affects the Y chromosome negatively, uh, or much more negatively, it can't really be used that way. But the problem with that concept is that the girls start to rot and decay as yeah. well. They're just at a slower rate, and they keep their intelligence, which means that the virus never would have worked for its intended purpose to yeah, begin with. Which, to be fair, that's the point. Like, the point is, it's a fa- she, she does say this is a failed project. Oh, does fair. she? I forgot I must have missed yeah. that line. It always is. Anytime there's a zombie thing with a virus, it's always a failed project. Umbrella are never <laughs> yeah. like, hey, this virus works perfectly. It's always like, oh, it's the T-virus. We want it to make tyrants, but only one in a billion people become tyrants. Mm. Everyone else just becomes a zombie. What good is that? Yeah, kind of a bit of a... Um, but basically, Bird Flu gets bitten and he ends up in this strip club. And this is where the majority of the film takes place. It's mostly a one-set film. Yeah, and you can tell the budget went into this set and nowhere else. because I mean, the, the budget went into getting Robert Englund no, and no, Jenna Jameson, no, didn't I'm it? talking about location specifically because yeah. the, the whole intro part, not only is there the laboratory, which is clearly just a school, there's also um, the costumes for the soldiers and that when they come in to take them out. For some reason, they, they're dressed normally or normal-ish. Uh, so some of them are more normal than others. Uh, and then when they go in to start shooting some of these zombies, they are suddenly dressed in what can only be described as paintball gear. Oh, yeah, it's blatantly paintball And it's gear. like, why did you waste your money on that? A, it's unnecessary. B, it adds nothing. C, it looks like garbage. Yeah. Uh, you just made your film look worse, and you put money towards doing that. Why did you do that? Yeah. <laughs> but to be fair... Because I've learned to be a nicer person over the last few years. Putting myself in their shoes. Like I said, I don't think I've ever heard of this guy making anything else. I'm fairly certain he never has. Mm. Um, If this was the one film he ever gets to make, 
then screw it. Why not do whatever the fuck you think makes it look cool? Um, it, it, it's... I tell you what it was on par with. It looks to me like a lot of the films we get at Horror on Sea here in South End. Yes. Um, it was that sort of level. Um, in fact, if it's Horror It's very on... indie. There's no getting around yeah. the fact that it's very indie. If Horror on Sea had been around back when this came out, I have no doubt this would have been screened there. Yes. To be fair, he he put the budget where it was needed because while the intro is garbage and while the outro is garbage... Um, the bulk of this film almost entirely takes place in the strip club. The strip club looks good as a set, and he spent it on the girl talent, which for the most part, well, maybe not necessarily my cup of tea of something to watch, it's what you'd expect from a film of this ilk. Yeah, you can't make a film like this. You needed Robert England to bring in the genre fans, yep. and you needed the girls to be attractive. And the porn star obviously helping to bring in the porn fans. Yeah. I do find this film funny, not as funny as I used to. Yeah. Um, I, I I did enjoy it less this time around. I think just because I'm older, I've seen more stuff. And you're sober. I'm sober. <laughs> that probably has something to do with it. <laughs> to be fair, this does look like it would be a film that's more enjoyable with friends while drunk. Oh, 100%. Uh... The, bit, the bit where she fires billiard balls out of her vagina. Oh. When you're drunk. I, I watched it at a party with a bunch of friends, and we were all drunk, and we were howling with laughter. Yeah. See, I saw, the... I saw that done on South Park first. It's the so. force with which she fires them as well. Well, the, yeah, so she starts with ping pong balls, and that's what you'd expect. And then the billiard balls, for some reason, it's like she becomes a cannon on a battleship. Yeah, doesn't one destroy a dude's head? Yeah, it just explodes it in one shot. It's okay. So headshot. So so now we're in the the strip club. Mm. Let's talk about the strip club. Uh, let's talk about the location and then the the, the cavalcade of characters. Because basically, mm. the ones from the intro don't really make it here, bar until the very end. Yeah, and even then, the one guy who turns up right from the start of the ent- of the entrance to it, he's in locked in the basement, and we don't see him for most of the film. Yeah. So, realistically, from this point, the intro characters are gone, and we're just focusing on the strippers. Yeah. Um, fair play. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what we bought a ticket for, man. <laughs> Baby, that's where my money went. Uh, but, yeah, so you've got neon lights, uh, which, uh, with rhinos as well, neon rhinos on the side, obviously referencing the French uh, short story or... or, or Play. play, sorry, the French play that it's based upon. Um, you've got the, the strip pole is obviously mounted in because the girls do use it. Um, they've obviously hired some uh, pole dancers as well to do some stunts, at least for one of the girls, who clearly wasn't doing her own stunts because the body shape changed uh, from when she starts doing the dance to when she's doing the actual stunt work on the on the pole. But obviously it's a, it's a, properly, warm, it's a properly mounted pole, otherwise it wouldn't work. Um, yeah, yeah, and some of the, not to sound like a perv, and I'm not, I'm not an expert in, I've never been to a strip club, but some of the dancers, are, they were very convincing to me that that is what you would get at a strip sure. club. Um, when, when Jenna Jameson's like sliding down the pole and things mm. like that. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, see, it seemed, it's what I imagine, it's what we've seen in all other Hollywood films at least, which include strip clubs. It doesn't really go far beyond that because it doesn't no. generally tend to stay there in terms of acting because the acting isn't stellar here your your best performances really that i would say the film is carried robert england by robert england uh, and i actually think the russian girl's pretty funny yeah 
Um, though I'm she said sure she's, she's not Russian. No, she's, she's not really. She's Russian. definitely she's... not Russian because at one point she almost sounds like she's from Transylvania. Oh, it's whenever she says the word money. Money. Lots of nice boys throwing money ah. at us. Money. I almost expect to go ah ah ah. Yeah, it's, it's literally it's that level of accent. Yeah. But it's um, a, it's meant to be a stupid over the top camp part. So oh, you know, I'm... this is such an old fashioned form of comedy. Just given the update of being full of gore. Because yeah. you literally have bits <laughs> where like titties. and boobs, yeah. You literally have bits where it's like when they first get the male reanimated zombie head and they all come in like, We've got a problem and he's like, What kind of problem? And she's like, Maybe not so problem not so big problem. You know, uh, girls girls are uh, dead and not so dead. And then he's like, uh, you you don't think this is a problem? She goes, He is head. Easy to how you say brush under carpet and literally just drops this head on the floor yeah. and kicks him under the the desk under the desk. Yep. The only thing that would have made that better, but it would have been more awkward. I'd have loved it if she'd have actually lifted the carpet and thrown and him, under, put the him under the rug. That would have been hilarious. Um, and you get jokes like I, I I personally like the one towards the end when Robert Englund's got the NRA membership and they all load up on guns and then it turns out none of them know how to use them, including Robert Englund. Yeah, and he goes, "Hey, the law says I can own them, not that I need to know how to use them." <laughs> and if that doesn't sum up American gun control, I don't know what does. Oh, very much, very much so. But yeah, so the story starts. Within the strip club part, the part where it actually matters, mm. um, with a new girl arriving who's very much like a girl for, like that they all know her story basically. Yeah, this is Jennifer Holland's character. Yeah, she comes in. She's basically fr- like she's fresh off the farm, and mm. you know she she thinks everything's just going to be wonderful. And she's but she's doing it for the good reasons that her mother needs her nana. Her nana, her needs, nana a needs a colostomy. So she, she needs to raise the money and she's going to show off her body to do it. Yeah. Thinking that it will be better than it is, I suppose. But we yeah. don't really get an arc to that story, to be honest. No. Um, she's got a Christian boyfriend. Yeah, and she puts a picture like... of Jesus on a mirror, doesn't she? Yeah, <laughs> that makes me laugh. Yeah, her Christian... Well, she's, is, it, is, is it her boyfriend? I thought he was just a stalker. No, he's a Christian boyfriend and they've been saving themselves for marriage. But if he's her boyfriend, so, why is he stalking her throughout so, the film? Well, because he's then trying to talk her out of... Stripping. Stripping, because it's against God. She says... Well, I'm doing it for my nan. And then he he's all confused because he's like, um, on the one hand, you're doing it for a Christly reason. But on the other hand, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Anyway, she finally goes, look, I'm doing this. Cause I, and he goes, well, if you're doing it, I'm going to watch. But he doesn't want her to know he's watching because now he's sinning too. Yeah. Which is why he's trying very unsuccessfully to stalk her. It's why when she's dancing on the stage, he keeps hiding behind that other guy. Right. But really badly. Like, you could clearly yeah, yeah, yeah. see him. Um, but basically, Jenna Jameson ends up becoming a zombie. Yeah, she gets bitten by uh, bird flu. Bird flu. <laughs> he jumps at her, rips her throat out. So they... What is quite a good scene in one... In a, it's a one take. Is um, Robert Englund, the DJ, mm. and the Romanian woman... Romanian, Russian, Russian woman, whatever. And I think Paco is Paco. I there think Paco's point? there as well. They all drag her into the into this back room. They lock uh, Bird Flu in the basement. Yeah. I like then... the, I like the bit where they're like he's fucking dead. And he opens his eyes and goes, "No, he's okay." Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they drag her into this back room, and they're like, basically, Robert England is going through the the motions of right. This is what we're going to do. Like, we're going to have to bury the body. None of us can talk about it. And he's basically talking about how they're going to cover up the it, murder. Yeah. 
um, because they don't want the the reputation of that happening. And while they're talking, she gets up and she she just storms out out past them. And she's just like, but uh, oh. <laughs> But because it was done in one take, that was I did appreciate that shot mm. in that it was all done in one take, so the timing had to be quite specific. Yeah. Uh, don't get me wrong, it's not the most technical shot. No. But it, I, I did like the fact that it didn't keep cutting and chopping everywhere. It gave the... Um, by by holding the shot, it gave the, the actors time to build the urgency and also space for the reanimation to breathe. Yeah. Uh, so I quite like that. And and basically what happens, much like in the play Rhinoceros, um, it turns out that the gentleman audience much prefers Jenna Jameson in her zombified form. Yes. As opposed to her human form. And she becomes a, a massive hit. It, I hasten and, to add, she doesn't heal up. The throat rip is still there and it stays yeah. there and it actually decays with her yeah. as the film progresses. There's a, there's a bit I find funny where she's trying to staple it back together. Yeah. Um, and cover it all up with makeup and mm. not doing a very good job of it. <laughs> um, and basically, everyone becomes so obsessed with the zombie stripper that they they just lose all interest when the human strippers go on. Yeah, they Which, can't they can't deal with normal strippers anymore. That's not good enough. Yeah, it's not good enough for them anymore, man. They need the hard stuff. Yep. They need the hard... Uh, you know, once upon a time, just simple missionary was fine, but now I need to be chained up and have hot wax stripped on my balls, man. <laughs> Is, is, is that from a film or is this a personal confession? No, that's just me making something up. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's escalation is what I'm getting at. Sure. But anyway, uh, so then much like in the play where one by one the townspeople become rhinoceroses, uh, one by one the strippers start asking Kat, which is Jenna Jameson's character, yeah. to turn them into zombies. The first one doesn't. She jumps on the goth girl, doesn't she? The goth no. girl doesn't ask. Uh, the implication is she did. So she comes oh, in. She doesn't actually ask. Yeah, she comes in. Jenna Jameson turns around and grins at her. And then it cuts to them all in the thing room and she's got the scarf on. And when they pull off the scarf to see the bite, they're like, oh, great, of course you gave in. And she acknowledges that she did. Right. Uh, but yeah, you're right. You don't see the bite take place. See, mm, all right. Um. Because they, they, I like that. I thought that was just them being bitches, and oh, she no. didn't ask for it. To be honest, like that, I, that's the problem. Is like I, I don't, I don't assume subtlety of a film like this. Because let's yeah. be honest, it's a bit shit. I like the line where they're like, "Of course you did this." Cat says, "Jump," and you say, "How high?" And the other girl goes, "She says zombie," and you say, "How dead?" <laughs> <laughs> that was a terrible line. I like. No, that, that would if we were doing a VGMP, that would be in a worse line. No, the worst line is coming up when he's like, she's as cold as the dead flesh of a stripping zombie. <laughs> That's the worst line in this that film. That would also be a worst line. That yeah. is atrocious. I'll yeah. give you that. This film has a few terrible lines. <laughs> yeah. Um, does any of the philosophical quandary that they no, try and do... doesn't work. Work. No, it's awful. It feels yeah. tacked on. It feels hashed. Like Just basically, they were like, oh, well, this is garbage, but like, let's put this in. And just shove it in. If you're going to do that, fine. Mm. But you need to go one of two ways. If you're going to try and make it comedic, then they need to sort of... Your camera work needs to show that they've changed gear. Mm. It's almost like... Uh, so take Marx Brothers uh, in Animal Crackers. There's a bit where Groucho Marx is suggesting a, a, a bigamy relationship with two women. Like right. marrying two women simultaneously. One of which goes, but that's bigamy. He goes, yeah, well, it's bigamy too. Uh yeah, I knew you'd hate that joke. Uh, 
But anyway, there's a bit where they they they're like they're talking about going. Oh my god, this is weird. And he he suddenly looks down and just goes, "Excuse me, while I have I have a strange interlude." And he walks forward and then just talks to camera. And it's obviously designed as one of them things on stage where a, a character steps on and goes, what, what, what would I do with these two women? If oh, I blah, like blah, blah, a soliloquy. Yeah, thing. but it's, it's a piss take of that. Yeah. But it, if you just did that, if he was just in the middle of a shot and he was just like, what would I do with these two women? If I blah, 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 it wouldn't work. Yeah. There's the fact that he steps out of the scene and yeah. it makes a focus. Because the dialogue doesn't match, you have to do that. And they didn't. So it didn't really... It, it just felt like the writing tailed off and he just basically copied from someone else's work. Yeah. Uh, the other, other way to do it is to rewrite the words to sound more in line with how the each girl would talk. Yeah. Um, but that wasn't done either. It feels very much like they just translated it to English when that'll fucking do. Yeah. But no, they never... None of the girls speak anywhere like that during the rest of the film. They always speak like you imagine strippers would bar the young girl who is, you know, more Jesus-oriented and shit. I tell you, I only just realised this first time, and this is embarrassing to admit, this is the first time I realised that his moustache is fake. What, the... Paco's. Oh. It's stuck on. (laughs) Oh, no. I always thought it was just a a real (laughs) moustache. So, which probably shows how much attention I've actually paid to the film in the past. Well, certainly to Paco, he's not really the main driving force of. No, but I do. For like enjoyment, him. it's Robert England. For other things, it's the girls. Mm. Uh, Paco, as good as Paco is, and the actor did a great job with what he was given. Blah blah blah. Ain't nobody buying zombie strippers for Paco. They pull off that. They pull off that Alamo reference twice as well. Like you yeah. get one. You get one Alamo reference. Yeah, you can't not keep playing two. that joke. Uh, badgers. We don't need yeah, no stinking badgers. badgers. Which is a I, reference to Blazing Saddles. Oh, yes, yeah, sorry. I always keep thinking it's the Alamo, but yeah, it's Blazing Saddles. It might have been from the Alamo, to be fair. Yeah. Blazing Saddles may be referring to it, but I'm fairly certain that zombie strippers would be referring to Blazing Saddles. Yeah. But he does that joke like two or three times. Yeah. Anytime anyone says the word badgers, he goes, badgers? We don't need no stick. And then the very Later last on time. Later actually, that's not a bad idea. But I can't remember what they need badges for. At to that prove point. that they're still alive in case rescue turns up. Yeah, but if they were dead, the badges would stay on them. So it doesn't make any sense yeah, either. Yeah, exactly. Just, so at, at, sh- at that sh- point, that's when this, you should have gone with the stinking badges yeah. joke. Save it for that point. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I... I have to admit, I didn't enjoy it as much as I have done in the past. I am curious as to why you wanted to raise this one. Because, because I haven't seen it in so long. Yeah. Because um, it's not what I would consider to be something we would normally cover in. Which is exactly season. why I want to cover it. Okay. Because films like this, and this is where I'm going to go on my soapbox a little bit in defense of B-movies. Mm. Movies like this so often do not get discussed in critic circles, in podcasts, things like that, unless it is to take the mick out of them. Yeah, so, so like they're, they're something like fodder. we hate movies. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to I don't care if we don't like if we come away and we don't like the film, that's fine. But I want to at least discuss it because at the end of the day, these people and we know this ourselves now because we've done it several times, these people took the time to write a script, cast that script, find their location, source money from somewhere, shoot the damn movie, edit the damn movie. You know, at the end of the day, we sit here and we can slag things like this off, but Candy Hart's not finished. 
Mm. And it's been three goddamn years. Yeah. These people have pulled off what we haven't. Yeah. We haven't done a feature film yet. Not yet. Not finished one yet. No, it's coming, but it's not and and regardless of if the film is bad or not, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying this is a stellar example of indie filmmaking. You're a stellar example of indie filmmaking. Go look at something like Benson and Moorhead's The Endless, mm. which we're going to cover at some point, because I think you will like The Endless. Sure. Uh, that is a low-budget um, horror sci-fi kind of weird culty film that's got a time loop involved in it. Sure. Um, but it feels more intelligent than this does. It I also mean, has an this, amazing the, poster. Yeah. The poster for it's brilliant. I might actually buy a copy of the poster and frame it. Oh, nice. Because it's all around like a big swirling whirlpool sort of effect. Oh, that's cool. Um, but my, my point is, and, and and I will get off my soapbox now, but it pisses me off when people... Bear in mind that 99% of people will never even attempt to make a film or even attempt to do anything like this in their life something of this M- scale M- that, regardless of it, the fact it's a b movie it's mm. a, like when you do a b movie it's such a large scale o- uh, undertaking mm. um that even cheesy crappy b movie yeah. even like the worst of the b movies yeah. had to have some effort behind it you can't just walk through yeah. or waft your way through a feature yeah. film b movie most people go their whole lives never finding something they're passionate about and just doing the existing, you know? They get up, they go to work, they come home, they go out on a Friday night, and that's fine. That's fine. If that is what you want for your life, great. Because I believe you only get one life and you should do whatever makes you happy with that life. Yeah. But I also believe that the the small percentage of people who choose to pursue a dream, whether it's filmmaking, music, arts and crafts, writing, dancing, whatever, they deserve to at least be given the time of day. Okay. And not dismissed immediately. Sure. It, the only reason I do VGMP is that belief. Because not because I of the high quality filmmaking. No. <laughs> Because I would not be sitting through VGMP. You know, in like season three, how hard it was for me to keep doing VGMP. Because you, know, we, you nearly quit in season two. Yeah, we <laughs> did We did a run of really bad movies. Yes. And the only reason I keep going is because I do believe that these films that don't ever get mentioned. Like, yeah, we've done ones that everyone knows, like Resident Evil and Super Mario and stuff. Sure. But... Things like Sega Hard Girls. Yeah. No one niche. has no one has ever even fucking heard of it. Yep. And it wasn't very good. But anyway, <laughs> so so I'm gonna get off my soapbox now. Sure. But that was that was why I wanted to do this film was one to see if I still enjoyed it. Sure. Two because of that, and three because I thought it would really push your limits. I mean, to be fair... I, I didn't think you would like this. I didn't go in being like, oh, Rory's going to end up loving this film. No, it's garbage film. I didn't like it. But, you know... And I, were there any bits that got a chuckle out of you? Yeah, yeah. No, like, the, the thing with me is... Oh, the bit where Robert... A lot of, a lot of garbage movies, I will still enjoy. Like, yeah. I've got a higher... Weirdly enough, I've got a higher tolerance for that than you. Mm. And while I'm a lot more... What's the word for when you're uh, not quite as into sexual stuff? 
on TV. Prudish. Prudish. I'm definitely more prudish than <laughs> no, you. No, to be fair, I think normal is the word. I'm I'm a simple. As Vincent Mann goes, I am no perfect. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I'm more prudish than you, so that didn't help. It's got so, there is definitely one horrendous gross-out joke that I was like, I'd want to turn the face dance. Off. Yeah, we need to talk about that the needs, face dance. Yeah, so I want to talk about. Give me a minute. Of, there's something else I want to talk about first because I want to give this film a chance before people decide. No, that mm. sounds like garbage. I never want to watch this film ever in my life. Okay, because that is for me. If you told me that happened, I would not have watched it with you. Right, straight up, because it's too much. Right, it was okay. disgusting, and I oh. fucking hated it. Um, you are going to hate when we do bad biology, but okay. Quite probably, yes. Um, but you know what? Fine. So the thing I wanted to raise with this is, um, you know, there were parts of this I enjoyed. Mm. Uh, there is something that I was curious about. Be- and again, I wouldn't have known it from watching it other than what the fuck are they doing with the script is the bit where they reference the French play. Mm. Um, we've We've already discussed that it didn't work. Do you think... Was that bolt? Do you think that was bolted in to try and give the film a sense of purpose, or because it didn't feel like it was very much the nuts and bolts of the film? Um, it didn't feel like I wasn't watching it going, well, there is some existential stuff going on here. It just seemed to be what you'd expect from zombie strippers, and then the odd few lines of wistful bollocks. My my bet, if I was a betting man. Having known filmmakers now and how filmmakers work, mm. I imagine that it was always intended from the beginning that, yes, we're going to do this play, but with zombies. But they didn't... They weren't as smart as they think they are. Right. And didn't... Either didn't fully grasp the play and therefore didn't... <laughs> yeah didn't interweave it into their script properly yeah or to give them more of a benefit of the doubt started interweaving it into the play and realized there was much more fun things they could do with the concept so it's it gradually got lessened and lessened because i know for a fact from writing haunted that that happens yeah you come up this is my strong concept and the strong concept disappears over the writing structure yeah haunted was never yeah it was never meant to have as much comedy in it as it's got yeah like it was always meant to have a couple of laughs here and there Preston but, Collins wasn't even in it. No, Preston was Preston was in a, a last minute rewrite episode. Yeah. Um, but has then gone on to be in like the Christmas special. He's the, now the, the star of the, of the the series. The Preston yeah. minisodes that are on Patreon. Yeah. That is as far removed from what I thought Haunted would be as it's possible to get. Yeah. It's to the just point, pure comedy. Isn't it's it? just it's pure comedy. It's got nothing to do with ghouls and ghosts and goblins. Yes. Yeah, except outside of the fact that Preston mentions them. Which yeah. isn't not, isn't the same as actually showing them because all of the ones he mentions don't exist. Yeah, so, <laughs> like his girlfriend being a shapeshifter. Yeah, it's Preston building rockets and things yeah. like that, which is ridiculous. Yeah, where would he get the funding to build a rocket? Well, that's why he's only built the one. Anyway, so yeah, so it, I I see your point. So it's, it, I could see that. So it was something that was like this is the core premise within our otherwise silly film mm. and then over time it just became less and less important during the writing yeah. process because writing it became is... because thing, things came up like because i know horror fans as well and this guy clearly is one given that nearly every film he's made is a zombie film yeah i can totally imagine them being sat there being like right we've got to have this big speech about existentialism 
And then sitting there going, but wouldn't it be really funny if we did a zombie vagina goo joke? Yes. Because that is 100% what horror fans think like. Mm. Wouldn't it be funny if we did that? And It wasn't. And they don't get... It wasn't funny. It was. It, it was gross. Yeah, I didn't like it. Oh, I, I'm not, I you know, like you know, it. I hate gross-out humor. That is my line in the sand with yeah. comedy. Um, I, I pull pretty much accept anything, but yeah. gross-out is just not for me. I do like Robert Englund's line when he goes, "Herpes is one thing, but zombie herpes." <laughs> See, that line is fine. I don't have a problem with lines. You just didn't need the. You didn't, didn't need, need the see... panties to stick to the wall. <laughs> I didn't need to see the goop dripping off of her knickers. No, that's. <laughs> Yeah, you see my point? Like, you can see how anyone who's quote-unquote normal, uh, if you were to go, oh, we watched this, you know, thought-provoking film based on a French play. Oh, what was it? Well, this woman gets turned to a zombie, and then she's got gooey, bloody zombie knickers that she flicks, and they stick to a wall with the goo. And the goo literally, like, flicks off, doesn't it? While she's riding on a man's face. They'd be like... Yeah, you know what? That doesn't sound like the high art you, you you're kind of making to it out fair, to. To be fair, to be fair, you one thing you can't say, you can't say they didn't foreshadow that. <laughs> no, that's true. They did foreshadow it. However, here's my question, and I know you probably won't know the answer. I definitely don't have the answer to this. Yeah. Is there a, a scene that's akin to that in the original French play where a rhino no. rides on a man's face? No, but no, no, rhino no, no, no. herpes. No, this this <laughs> There's absolutely no the the most the most sexual thing that happens in the play is is yeah I've done I've read the play before oh okay um I have it somewhere oh I I don't know know where but I've got the play right um yeah yeah I've I've read it Uh, so there's no sex with the right I wanted to I wanted to try and put it on here in South End well here's the thing uh the the reason that would work because it gets a little bit dis unbelievable quite quickly mm. once the girls start turning to zombies at first it's just like you could imagine it like the guys in the audience might be like oh it's you know that's really cool zombie makeup and it's kind of hot that she's yeah. got all this goo once they're actually rotting yeah while they're rotting on stage might a they must stink how are they covering that up but uh number two they don't look good anymore no but to be but, fair that is taken from the play because why would you want to become yeah. a rhinoceros that's true but the thing is I, and that's I would cool. hope in general men don't fetishize disgusting, rotting women. But let me doing, let me okay, introduce well, you to a man named Jeffrey Dom. <laughs> oh wait, no, that yeah, was that was I, dead I, men. Sorry, I, I said in general. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but women do not necessarily disgusting. Maybe disgusting. Were you about uh, to say women fetishize dead men? Not dead men, but bad boys. So right. the idea of them becoming the zombies and being bad boys would surely sell more. I, I but then think, I'm thinking of it. In, I'm I reducing by the, bad... sex is, the sex about them. Yeah, I, I think I think by bad boys they mean bikers, not undead corpses. What's the difference between a biker and an undead corpse? Yeah. You tell me. You're a biker, and you're vegan. You'd be a terrible I'm not a vegan. Zombie. Not vegan, don't, vegetarian. Don't offend me, sir. You'd, you'd be a terrible zombie. Why? Because you're vegetarian. So? Didn't, nothing wrong with killing so humans. So you don't eat meat? Yeah. Human meat's fine. No, it's not. Why not? They're all free range. 
are they? Are they? At the end of the film, they try and do this weird subversion thing again, where it's like, oh, look at us, we're making political commentary again. That doesn't really work. Where the scientist from the beginning turns up again, it turns out he's the one who deliberately released the virus, because they... Which was obvious from the beginning, because he's watching it all sinisterly, and just like, "Mm, my plan. They're literally lit in that lab scene. They're literally lit from below, like with torchlight. So they look evil. Um... (laughs) Uh, and he keeps saying that they, or we, so presumably some sort of shadow government, like it when things go wrong. Because yeah, they're, they're making was money. Chi- Chichini or something oh, like that? Oh, no, it's, what's it called? Um, Chichini? Chichini, yeah, they're named after Chain. But it was Chichini, I think it was. Because it, there was definitely a C-H-E-C-H. I think it was Chichini or something like that. Oh, okay, you sure it's not Chichini? Because you know why it's called that, don't you? Yeah, because of Dick Cheney. Dick Cheney, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I get it. Um, Anyway, they... It's really not that intelligent, Cheney. No, it's not. Um, But the way you were... (laughs) Oh, the subtlety. The way you were saying it, I was like, does he not know who Dick Cheney is? No, I'm fairly certain on the backs it was C-H-E-C-H and then the rest of it. So I think it was Cheney. I don't know if that's a reference to anything other than Cheney himself. Like maybe there was a Cheney or something like that that was pop like a meme of the time. It's Che Cheney as in Che Guevara. Could be Che Cheney. It could be Che Cheney. Anyway... And he's on about, you know, all the Iraq wars making his X amount of money, etc, etc. And it's kind of very tired and you're like, oh yeah, we've heard this a million times. The only line I like is I do like it when he lights up a cigarette and he looks at the cast and he just kind of goes, you kids should take up smoking. Not enough young people smoke anymore. It's so fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, so I did like that line because it's a, that's that's a way of using your bad act or bad actors. I don't mean that he couldn't act. I meant like villain characters, yeah. should I say? Using your villains to say something subversive to the audience. Mm. That's the smartest line in the film because of that. And it's yeah. the, you know it's one line. This film is not very smart. Even though it should technically have smart origins because of the yeah. French play, it really it has none of it. The it's... smart origins don't connect. I mean, I feel like I feel like somewhere they probably deleted a bunch of Barange scenes because Barange is the one who is mostly quoting the book, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. She's the one who has this existential meltdown where she's sitting there going. Um, I mean, you see her being like, we should destroy them. No, no, join them. No, destroy them. Join them. But even uh, that doesn't, like, there's no grade no. to anyone. Yeah. Like, so we, they, no, they don't change slowly and just be like, you know what, I'm, I really need money or get more desperate for money and go, you know what, fuck it, I need the money, I better get. Yeah, and they joining. just switch gears yeah. because the plot needs them to. Yeah, and so that's bad writing. Yeah. Uh, it's like, it, it, there needed to be more of a grade and more of an urgency Did you come to zombie strippers for good writing, though? Or do people come to zombie strippers for... Look, let, let me put it this way. I don't care. You're writing. If you're the writer, your yeah. writing is free. So put up your best Put up your best effort. Because yeah. if that's what you're selling yourself on, you better damn well make a good script. Because you've yeah. got... You, basically, the only excuse is either you couldn't be bothered, you ran out of time, or you're just not that talented. Yeah. And unfortunately... Let's that, be honest, it's probably that third one. <laughs> Maybe, but I don't want to be mean. The point is, is that's what people will take away when they see, like, you know, and if it's just that you ran out of time, at least you've got an excuse. But I couldn't be bothered, or I'm not that talented. Aren't gonna, I'm not that talented, probably will sell at least a bit to certain crowds. But Avatar, what? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But 
I can't be bothered is definitely a, if that's a takeaway people get, they won't want to fund your next one or they won't want to, you know, they won't want to pay for more of your content. So it's kind of important that you, at best, always try and strike out of the gate. Easy enough to say that I've written a stellar, not, not me personally, but like as a writer to go, I've written a stellar script mm. and actually have a stellar script. Because let's be honest, none of us can be impartial on our own work. Um, but it's very, it should be very obvious to anyone, including the writer, that this needed at least one more go round, another, another type, another go in the oven. Because again, the, the Nietzsche stuff didn't come through properly. The yeah. connections to the. Why is she just reading Nietzsche? And then it is just it, seems to be for one joke, wasn't it? It's like, oh, this suddenly makes sense. sense. But what bits? Yeah. None of it. No one's quoted any Nietzsche that makes more sense as a zombie than it does yeah. as a human. To be honest, not a Nietzsche. I've read Nietzsche. Yeah. It's garbage. Oh, yeah, yeah. But either I mean, way, he, like, if you're going to quote it insane. in your book, if you're going to quote it in your film, make it relevant to your characters. Yeah. Um, of course, of course. So this is a garbage movie. I don't think I'd recommend it to people, but I did enjoy it. Mm. I will say I enjoyed it, um, but I... I mean, I don't... Other than yourself, you, weird... you would be the only person I would recommend it to, and you're the one who showed well, it to it's, it's the Horror on Sea crowd, isn't it? This yeah, is their sort of true. film. Yeah, it is something um, for Horror on Sea, to be fair. And um, it's... You see what I mean, though? It's almost not a movie, in a way. Mm. Um, and there is a whole subsection of B-movies that are kind of like that, where you watch me and you're like, this isn't, this isn't really a movie as such. What do you mean by that? I'm not really sure that's the point. What do you mean that they're, that, that they're more... I think I mean that they are so low budget that you can only grade them in relation to each other. Right. You would never... Because of course it would be insane to put up zombie strippers against, say, Shaun of the Dead. Or Magic Mike. Or Magic Mike. Yeah, Magic Mike's a big budget film. Um, That's why I went with it. It would be insane to do that. I haven't seen any of the... Oh, no, I've seen Shaun of the Dead. I'm going to say you've seen Shaun of the Dead. Because both Shaun of the Dead and Magic Mike had decent budgets behind them. Mm. They had experienced directors, experienced producers. Experienced crew. Real, real actors. I mean, half the cast of this film are porn stars. Yeah. Which, they're very good at what they do, I'm sure. But what they do is not acting as such i have to admit i was in i was impressed by jenna jameson in this i, will say I, I was expecting act- her to be much worse than she actually is yeah most of the girls were fine yeah I, I, honestly there was a couple of characters oh what the fuck are you doing but most they're mostly sort of tertiary or background characters not the main characters all came off pretty much fine the main one that actually stood out to me is not performing particularly well i'm not sure if it's just if they use bad takes for him or what is the dj I didn't yeah. believe him for the most part. Um, yeah. He was fine at the start, but I've, then his performance kind of degrades. I could be wrong, but I because I don't know, but I kind of feel like he's not actually an actor, and he's like one of the crew's brothers or dads or yeah, something like that. Something like that. And they gave him a little part. Yeah, it, that, that, that it kind of has that vibe. He's, yeah, but but yeah, this isn't a film I would really recommend. Well, to maybe anyone. he just gave up trying because it's zombie strippers. Yeah. This isn't a film I would like recommend to any sort of general audience. This is the sort of thing that I I would put on if I was hosting like a bad movie night. Everyone comes over, has some drinks and some popcorn, and we watch terrible films. You'd watch things like this and Sharktopus and things like that. American Ninja. American Ninja. 
with Michael Dudikoff. Michael Dudikoff. And there's the stunt where he jumps over the wall on a motorbike. And you see the stuntman's face. Well, you see him first. The, when the bike lands, the bike smacks him in the testicles. Mm-hmm. He flies forwards. <laughs> And his face literally breaks through into the glass windshield of the motorbike. Mm. You see glass enter his face for like five frames or something. And then the ne- it suddenly cuts the next shot of Dudikoff on the bike doing like a, a sharp turn and stopping like, yeah, I'm so cool. It's like, I've just seen your face go yeah. through that glass, man. It's, <laughs> it's that level or I would recommend it to people like the Horror on Sea crowd. Yes. I need like, to show you American Ninja. Not necessarily for this. Yeah. It's, it's not an art film and I wouldn't necessarily... No, but these aren't all art films. Yeah, maybe. But, well, let's I'm put... not interested in doing a podcast that's just art No, film. that's true. All right. Because well, the let's... joy of film is its variety. Mm. All art all the time is boring. All entertainment all the time is mind-numbing. Yes. No, Balanced no, I agree. Diet. It wouldn't normally be something I'd... Re- but you know what? We're going to... We've not released yet as time of recording, but when we do, we're going to have plenty of content out there for you guys coming very quickly. By this time this is released, we'll already have quite a bit out. Hopefully we'll have some audience. So I'll leave it with you. Um, would you like us to have a look at American Ninja? Yeah. <laughs> because it's not something I would normally have recommended for a show like this, but... If there's interest, I have American Ninja. Why not? As long as we can talk about it for an hour, I don't care. Mate, there's plenty to talk about. There's a man who helps himself into a barrel after being knocked out. There's a ninja who falls off a roof after being shot, 10 seconds after being shot. There's there's also the fact that the army guys, as they're running, you know, they do that, I don't know what I've been told. They're doing all that, but they're literally just going, they're literally saying nothing. (laughs) It's so dear, like, you're not even making noises. It's just stupid noises. <laughs> but yeah, um, I don't think there's really anything else to say about zombie strippers. No. Uh, we've covered everything. There's one last thing to talk, mention before we, we close down. And that is Jerry. And the, 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 Jerry, plot, the Jerry. plot hole of Jerry. Yeah, so Jerry is or a is man it in Jeremy? The... It kind of sounded like Jeremy. I think they said Jerry. But either way... Jerry or Jeremy, I'm going with Jerry because that's what they were chanting. He gets his penis bitten off and then ejaculates blood. Yes. Which is hilarious. Fine. Uh, I disagree, but fine. Uh, the The main thing is that he's in the audience. He gets pulled up by, is it Jenna? Uh, uh, Jenna Jameson's Jenna character. Jenna Jameson's character. Pulls him up and basically takes him out the back for a, a personal time, which ends up obviously her turning into a zombie and eating him. And biting his penis off. Biting off his pee-pee. Uh, but basically... As he's getting dragged away, as we said, all of his friends are chanting, going, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. He disappears. He gets mauled. They uh, hear him scream and start chanting start again. Start chanting again. Because they think he's getting like the best blowjob of all time. He then gets locked in the cellar, and she comes back out. Uh, and like it's like almost a day or something has passed. And no one's noticed. No one gives a shit. Jerry's because not these, come back, and no one cares. Because these men are enticed by zombie boobies. They cannot think of anything else. Yes. There's, there's at least four of those men who have families waiting for them at home and they've forgotten they exist. That ginger <laughs> guy who runs out of money and he writes the check instead. Yes. At home, he's got little Timmy and little Sally and they're going, <laughs> Mommy, where's Daddy? He's been gone for so long. He's been gone for six years. And, and Mum's like, I don't know, honey. I just don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I, I bet he's having an affair with old Stacy down the road. Yeah. But I felt I felt that the the Jerry plot hole was very unrealistic, which unfortunately ruined the realism of this film. Of course, and I'm lying. I don't <laughs> it was it was funny. The Jerry bit was funny. 
Uh, Jerry, like, Jerry, Jerry. Uh, which unfortunately will age like uh, sour milk, I think, at this time. But no, then he's dead. Yeah, but then so will most of this film because of the J.W. Bush. J.W. Bush? George, <laughs> George w. w. Bush. References and shit. So, but yeah, I, I thought it was fun enough to watch if you don't mind low-budget schlock. Uh, but I would definitely not recommend it to most people. No. Fair enough. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for our little trip to B-movieville for the week. Um, that is a wrap on Zombie Strippers, as they say. And we will be back next time to give a second take to another film. <laughs>